This is The Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. You look at my numbers, I'm I'm balling. Beer City's best sports talk is on the air. Get involved. Call 252-4348. Tweet the show at Sports Tank ESPN. The Sports Tank. Come get you some of this. Can't wait. It's ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, 1400. And, of course, the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. Heard everywhere live or on demand on the iHeartRadio app. We are live from the Ingalls studio. And, as always, this hour of the program brought to you by Ingalls. Low prices, love the savings. I'm Tank Spencer. Jeremy Green's alongside. And it's another hot, hot day in the dog days of summer. It's another day where I got into the car and it was 98 degrees. Uh, and then Jeremy's dealing with uh, some allergy issues. And I blame the bird. He's been, uh, he's I blame the, the bird, bird flu from yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what that government drone gave me, but uh, <laughs> it, it sprinkled pollen on me or something. Oh, I, my no. allergies have been aggressive today. <laughs> but you had some uh, you had some soup from the Ingles. I did. It was fantastic. Makes I would love to tell you I knew what it tasted like. Uh, hot. That's what yep. that was the taste profile that I got. Yep. Uh, because I cannot taste anything. But it was lovely. I try- and that's going to get me through this show to about five oh two when I fully plan on being on my couch asleep by five oh nine. Yeah. Hopefully five oh ten. Hopefully the traffic will uh will, will will let you be home by that by that time. Now here's the thing, I live close enough now, I can go the back way. That's true. I'll be home by five oh twelve at the very least. <laughs> right, hop, skip, and a jump over the mountain. Indeed, welcome into the program, and uh, don't forget that uh, we got NBA playoffs going on. We'll talk about what happened last night in the NBA with the Milwaukee Bucks and the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah, it went exactly how I told you. Lemon uh-huh. Pepper Lou was going to be the best player on the floor, <laughs> right. and the Bucks were going to get absolutely blown out. Totally, no crow for you to eat today, sir. Yeah, I mean that's what I told you. Is that not what I said? <laughs> It's secret time. If you didn't listen yesterday, it's not what I said. It's the exact opposite of what I said. Missed it by that much. You know, I think if we play just eight or nine more games total, by the end of it, the winner will be who has five players left. You have five players that can still play. You win. Could be. Very well could be. Giannis getting hurt last night in the third quarter. Trey Young did not play because he got hurt in the third quarter of the previous game. So both of the major stars out for both teams last night. The Atlanta, it, I mean, let, let's let's not say that the Giannis injury ruined it for them. The Bucks were still down. They were getting beat throughout this entire game. And they were down 10, I think, when Giannis left the floor. And then it got, it, it got worse after that. Ended up losing by 22 points. We got uh, contract negotiations to talk about in the NFL. Could there be some camp holdouts? Will there uh, will there be some you know late off season trades of guys that can't come to a to to an agreement on a new contract? We get various odds and ends throughout the sports world as well, and uh, of course all your picks for tonight. Although after last night, you may not want to take everything to heart. One and one again. Oh, did you go one and one yeah. again? Under and picked the wrong team. <laughs> okay. I am five well, days in a row of if you listen to half of what I say and you pick the right side, you yep. are crushing it. Nice. 
So the green on green coming up at the end of this hour, as well as the monkey knife fight play of the night. So last night, Giannis gets hurt in the third quarter. Something that nobody could have seen coming. And I, I, I don't agree with you. Do you realize uh, there are four teams left in the NBA and three of them are missing their star player? Mm-hmm. I, I don't feel like this was a hard-to-see-it-coming kind of thing. I mean, no, legitimately, name me a star in the NBA that as of right now has not had some injury issue over the course of this year. I'm sure there are a couple, mm-hmm. but they're very few and far between. Nikola Jokic. Well, that's what happens when you get sent home in the second round of the playoffs. Thanks, Nicola. I don't blame you. I still love you. I was going to say, how can you blame that on him? He was the one thing that kept you in it, that got you to that point. I under I understand. There have been a lot of injuries. What do we do? So this is now what the ninth All Star to miss time in these playoffs, or the, no, I guess tenth. the tenth. Yeah, yeah Chris Paul was the ninth. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't counting Trey. Eleventh. Oh, eleventh. Because okay. Chris Paul was eleven. Trey Young's ten, uh, or Chris, Chris Paul, Paul was nine. nine. Trey Young was ten. If Giannis misses a game, he'll be eleven. Yeah. So eleven All Stars have missed time in these playoffs because of injuries. Oh, and by the way, and only twenty two of the All Stars made the playoffs. You 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 gonna blame it on the uh, on on the on the off season? Of course you the are. The short off season. Of course you are. Mm-hmm. Nothing else makes sense. This is the most injury ravaged season in NBA history. I told this stat while you were going to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. A quarter of the minutes that All Stars could have played have been missed due to injury. That's not a fluke. Mm-hmm. My favorite line: When you hear hoofbeats, it makes a lot more sense to assume horses than zebras. And yeah, and, and guess what? The NBA, uh, you're going to do it again because usually your season is done into June. Mm-hmm. Well, now you're going to be the end of July, and now you're going to try to start in the normal time. And oh, we've got the calendar back. Mm-hmm. Okay. The honest injury could have been catastrophic, and I'll be honest with you, I thought it was. I, I saw it happen in real nasty. time, and I went, "That is, well, we'll see you in 2023." Right. It looked nasty. Um, I'm hoping for the best. I have not heard any reports today on MRIs or anything like that. We don't know at this point what the Giannis hyperextension, the damage actually was to the knee. But if you were watching it, it was it was pretty gnarly. Now, it wasn't like Willis McGahee knees on backwards uh, ugly, but it was, it was, it was still pretty bad. Yeah, it was pretty close. Yeah. I don't know. To me, I get it. The the, the, the short offseason, they didn't have enough time to prepare. I get it. But to me, injuries happen in the NBA. Not at this level. It's never happened before in 60 years of the NBA. Mm-hmm. And now, on the shortest offseason you've ever had, it keeps happening Mm, and you don't think they have something to do with but, each other. But That's what, completely asinine to but me. But what injuries that happened really surprised you and, and can be tied back to, you know, the preparation time? Like like Trey Young, you can't blame that on the short offseason. He stepped back and stepped on a referee. That's a fluke mm-hmm. injury. Yeah, and you've got a lot of fluke injuries. And when you have a whole bunch of fluke injuries at the same time, that's a pattern, not a coincidence. How would a couple of uh, extra weeks of training camp prevented what happened to Giannis You're, last night? I mean, it's body atrophy. If you've ever been an athlete of any level, you know by the end of the year, you're not as sharp as you were in the beginning. Because mm-hmm. you're tired. Mm-hmm. And at times, muscles, ligaments, things like that just give out. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not a doctor, so I'm not here to tell you, uh, you know, the the... The medical basis for all of these things. Right. I'm also not a moron. 
So I can tell you the fact that virtually every player of any substance has had something happen over the course of the year. That's not an accident. Mm -hmm. It's not that they all got old. I mean, some of these guys are 22, 23 years old. And you get to this point, and it was completely predictable, and it was predictable because I told you it was going to happen. And it's just all of these things in, in a vacuum. I look at where the NBA sits and just go, I don't even know how to help you anymore. I don't. And you get articles that that come out. There was one today uh, from la- or yesterday, excuse me. Last words on sports: the NBA ratings arguments dumb. The playoffs have been great. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're falling into the same trap that baseball has. Your product being good doesn't matter if people aren't watching it. If it's not captivating. If there's things like this that you end up talking about. Think about how many games we've had in the last I don't know two three weeks. And how many of them have had a narrative of Chris Paul misses it because of Rona. Trey Young misses it because he stepped on an official's foot. Giannis hurts his knee. Kawhi's got problems with the medical staff. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what I just told you about baseball. The off-court things are becoming more of a story than the on-court. And you know when that happens? When people aren't in large part watching your product. We did a full show this morning. Hour and 20-some-odd minutes. Right. Didn't mention the NBA for more than 45 seconds. No. And not one person complained. Mm-hmm. Not one. We did a fantasy football mock draft. If you want to check that out, go to our YouTube page, at The Sportsocracy. You can see us live every weekday morning, now at 10 a.m., which is so much better for and, me. And have you posted the poll yet? Uh, yeah, you're getting slaughtered, by the way. Uh, that's ridiculous. You're, Y'all are actually, all wrong. you're... You're dead last. Y'all are uh, all I am wrong. clearly first. How am I last? I, now, that part I don't know. That's ridiculous. That part I don't know. Uh, we mock drafted. <laughs> we took three teams. I put out a poll. I'll put it up on Twitter right now uh, so you can see who we drafted. You can vote in it. If your comment's good enough, we'll say it on the air. Yeah. Uh, and it is, so far, it is universal that Jeremy destroyed both of you mm-hmm. and... The other universal thing is that Brian Haynes beat you. That's dumb. And I'm the, the funniest one I saw was from our buddy Adam Harris that said, I think Tank was using a guide from 2018. <laughs> then I looked at it, it became even funnier. Why is that? Because uh, I could 100% understand how one would think that. <laughs> uh, that's wrong. Uh, I beat you at every position except for tight end. No. Yeah. No, you didn't. Yeah, I did. Well, you know, here's the thing. I'm going to use your light. We all have wrong opinions sometimes. <laughs> and this time, mine's backed up by every person yeah. that's commented on it. All right, I need, I, I need everybody to go right now and analyze this thing and set the record straight. Because there's post- no way in heck that I am uh, worse than Brian's team. I am posting it on Twitter right now. I like how you already laid the concession speech if you lost to me, in spite of the fact that you just said you didn't. Uh, I will post it on my Twitter, at JGreenESPN. Mm-hmm. Feel free to comment, and I will read the best ones on the air. Mm-hmm. And I have a feeling there's going to be some doozies. Sure. I mean, it's fine. You all could be wrong. Yeah. Hoof beats, zebras, horses. All I'm saying. Uh, yeah, Travis Kelsey. It's the only one you got me on. I got you on running backs. I got you on tight ends. Yeah, I got you on fine. quarterbacks. Yeah, I have one very simple philosophy this year. Yeah, draft day, Kevin Costner, Vontae Mack, no matter what. Yeah, yep. I'm Travis Kelsey, Travis Kelsey no, matter no matter what. what. I yep. do not care. Yep. 
Yeah, so check out the mock draft this morning in the sportsocracy. Uh, it was a lot of fun. We did it live. Jeremy picked at the beginning of the draft. Brian was in the middle of the draft. I picked at the turn at the end. And uh, yeah, hit us up on uh, hit us up on Twitter. Vote in the poll and uh, write this wrong that is happening right now. Uh, you know what? I'll even put it in a poll. I don't usually do polls, but we can do that. Mm-hmm. You're not going to like the results. I'm, I'm sure I won't. But that'll be fine. I'll be laughing at the end. <sighs> Anyhow, back to the NBA. Uh, no, I, I, I'm not. I'm not buying it. Were there some? Were there? Were there more injuries this year? Sure, there were. Can some of it be traced back to the short off season? Yeah, probably Absolutely. so. Absolutely. But I'm not. I, I, I'm just not buying it. I'm not buying that. Uh, you know, Giannis's hyperextension is a is a product of the off season or the short off season that they had. Trey Young's injury to me, complete fluke. Kawhi, he's always hurt. I'm not really not really concerned about the short off season, and that's fine. I mean, I'm sure that's how the NBA is taking it as well. Mm-hmm. Injuries happen in the NBA. And I don't think that you can. Okay, you can draw the you can draw the comparison, but I don't think it's in reality that's the actual reason for all of this. Well, you're never going to know the reason. Of course, we won't. I can make the argument, and you cannot combat it. Uh, of this is the shortest offseason ever, and it's bar none the most injuries we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. That's all I need. I mean, I, I don't need Dr. Oz to show up and say, well, this is why it happened. I don't care. Uh, narratives become the truth. We've talked about that on the show millions of times. Okay, that was that might have been hyperbole. Millions. Huge. <laughs> Billions of times. Billions of times. We haven't even been on a billion minutes. Uh, there's n- <laughs> we haven't been on a billion seconds. So. <laughs> um, but with Trey Young out, you know, I was I was completely shocked. I was completely shocked last night watching the Atlanta Hawks come out with old Lemon Pepper Lou hey. leading the way. I mean, who didn't see that going? Yeah. Who didn't go into last night going, Lou Williams is going to be the best player on the floor? 87 games in his career he has played in the playoffs. It was his first start in the playoffs last night. And he came in and filled in. Well, did you happen to hear Charles Barkley before the game last night talking about who he thought should start? No, it was Jeff Teague. Mm. Yeah, uh, you you know what the problem is, with that is, right? He's not on the team anymore. And not only is he not on the Hawks, he's on the other team. He plays for the Bucks, <laughs> and he went on about it for way longer than I would have let him go. And then they went, "Hey, uh, Chuck, hey, you did, hey, Chuck." By the way, wrong team. <laughs> I love it when he does that. I, I do too. And you know what's sad? Still the best show. Still the best NBA, the best pregame show in all of sports. Oh, there's no doubt about the it. Inside the NBA, the whole game. Yeah, yeah. And they they had a great uh, thing after the game last night, and after the Inside the NBA show, um, that was all about the decision to bring Shaq in and add him to the team. I thought it was wonderful. I had forgotten all about how much smack he talked back and forth to Charles and to Kenny while he was still playing. Mm-hmm. I had forgotten all of that. And then ended up joining the TNT team, and they continue to be the best thing in sports. The I- ESPN actually came to him the same day that he met with TNT. 
He had the T- he had the meeting with TNT execs earlier in the day, and then John Skipper came over to his house that evening, and he had already signed the contract with TNT because it was just a match made in heaven because he already had the relationships and he wanted to, he, he, you know, the heads over at TNT told him you could probably make more money with ESPN, but this will be a longer lasting relationship. This will be a better show. And John Skipper wanted to bring him in at ESPN to compete with inside the NBA. And he just told him, no, can't do it. All right. So we've had two games in two days. Yep. Clippers beat the Suns two nights ago. Mm-hmm. Hawks dominate the Bucks last night. Mm-hmm. Does it change anything of how you view this? If Giannis plays in game five, do you honestly think the Hawks are going to beat them? No, I don't. I don't either. I don't, but I don't know that Giannis is going to play. And I think if Giannis does miss the game, that's going to matter. I don't know if I can trust Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday to step up and be the stars. Well, I mean, they were pretty brutal last night. They were both they were. six of 17 from the floor. They were, and I, and, I, and I can't figure out if it's just they came into the game thinking Trey Young's not going to play, so we're just going to walk through this thing. Or if it was just Atlanta came out with uh, with you know a fury that they did not expect because Atlanta came out and was sharing the ball like crazy because the one thing Nate McMillan told his team was don't try to go out there and and you know Lou's not going to try to play Trey Young. Basically, we're not going to try to replace what Trey Young can do. We're just going to get everybody involved, and it worked. They played as a cohesive team last night. And they got out to got out to a sizable lead early, and held on to it throughout. It was just the fact that you know Giannis got hurt in the third. The Bucks probably could have or, or could have come back in that game. Any hopes of a comeback were gone. They were completely dashed after Giannis got hurt. Uh, yeah, there was a twelve point game when Giannis got hurt. Mm-hmm. They didn't score. They didn't score a point mm-hmm. for three and a half minutes, something like that. It was that's like a, where the game just got blown out of the water. It was like a twenty-five to six run or something like that after Giannis went out. And I I don't know that I can trust this Bucks team. But before the Giannis injury, I was sitting there watching it, going, "This is this is classic Bucks. This is classic Bucks. This is that this is now a team once again led by Mike Budenholzer that hasn't come out with the right game plan in a game that you." Should have taken easily, but you just didn't come out. You didn't look prepared, and maybe you did think you were going to walk through. That would be how I took it: is you walked in thinking they can't compete with us. Mm-hmm. They're missing the exactly like I said. Mm-hmm. They're missing the one piece that makes this offense go. And what are they going to do? And they came out and showed some heart. Yep. I think if Giannis is done for the series, which is a distinct possibility, again, I have no inside information on that, but if he's done for the series, I'm going to give the Hawks a chance. I think that's the one thing that has changed. Now, with the Phoenix Suns, it's eventually going to happen. I believe so. I can't imagine Chris Paul's going to have another you know series where he's up three games to one and it and it goes away, especially with the Clippers playing out with, with playing without Kawhi Leonard. Paul George has changed the narrative for me. I'm not going to be as hard on him from now on as oh, I, I have will. been. I will. Why? Uh, t- you can't make up for ten years in two weeks. <laughs> I don't know. He's one of those guys that I always said I don't think he could be the best player on a, 
you know, really close to a championship team. Not a championship I, team, but a close to a championship team. And, a, and I think the Clippers are there with him. I, I have a, to the point you just made, I have a question that I want to ask you after the break. Okay. And we have not prefaced this, and I'm really curious of what your takeaway from this is going to be on the backside of these playoffs. You're in the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green here on ESPN Asheville. You're in the Sports Tank. We treat star athletes better because they're better people. That's not fair. Life isn't fair, kiddo. Get used to it. Yeah, I haven't changed completely what I think about these NBA playoffs over the last two days, but I, I will reassert. I give the Hawks a chance if Giannis is out. But what do these playoffs tell us going forward or what? What do we think it's telling us going forward, Jeremy? My question to you is, is is anything that's happened here in the last two months going to change your narrative going forward? Because I have a belief, and I think a lot of people are with me. Mm -hmm. I don't care. You don't care about the NBA at all? And it's not even that. It's... I don't care what happens now. Mm-hmm. It's almost to me, and I've heard the asterisk talk because of all the injuries and all the things that have happened. All right, let's just, for fun, mm-hmm. let's say Paul George leads some epic comeback and the Clippers win this series and they go on to win the NBA Finals. Mm-hmm. Do you still do you look at Paul George as a top 10 player in the NBA now? Because I didn't tell you, I don't. No, I don't. Do you hold it against I, Chris Paul? What, that he if was they, on a team lose, that loses? Yeah. I won't. There is absolutely nothing. And I've heard a lot of narratives about LeBron, and I feel like LeBron has crossed the threshold. Now he needs more help than he's ever needed before because he's aged out of being that guy. Right. Other than that, there is not one drastic take that I'm going to take away from this. Mm-hmm. To me, this whole year has been it's been muddled by the injuries and just all of the, it's just one of those years that I'm going to look at and go, it was an aberration. And you know what? Going into next year, if you made me pick five teams that I thought could win the NBA Finals next year, before I say the draft, before I say any other things, mm-hmm. it's going to be a lot of Lakers, Bucks, Brooklyn Nets, Philadelphia 76ers. Mm-hmm. There's going to be nothing that is a huge sway in the in the tides for me. And I think that's how a lot of people are going to take this. I think it could potentially change things because I don't know how the Kawhi thing is going to work out with with the Clippers. I don't know the insides of that story, whether or not Kawhi is actually done with the franchise. We've we've all kind of jumped to conclusions on that because the injury thing has come back up, not trusting the medical staff of misdiagnosing. And this is how things went off the rails with with the San Antonio Spurs when he left there and eventually went to Toronto. I think very well if if that is the case, say the Clippers are able to win a championship on the back of Paul George, one of the I mean, I'd have put I'd have bet my house if you'd have said that to me that Kawhi Leonard would have got hurt and Paul George was gonna have to lead this team to a title, I'd have bet my house that, that wouldn't happen. Now, I'd probably still lean toward that's not going to happen. But mm, I'll tell you where does, I'm at in about twenty two minutes. Right. Green on green coming up at the end of the hour. But if that does happen, then I think that will change the narrative for the Los Angeles Clippers. Because if they win one without Kawhi, I think Kawhi will leave. I I guess my point is that you're looking at a playoffs here where the stars 
have been Terrence Mann and Reggie Jackson and Lou Williams, mm-hmm. and I just go, I, I, it just is what it is. Mm-hmm. I'm not holding this year against anybody. In, in all honesty, and I can't say it any more clearly than I'm getting ready to, I'm just ready for it to be over. Mm-hmm. I'm just ready for it to be over. Right. If you told me right now I can hit a button and fast forward three weeks and we get to NFL training camps <laughs> and all of the things, I would do it. Uh, but, but I mean, are you not at this point pretty much every year? No. Usually I'm pretty, I, I'm pretty locked in. Mm-hmm. It's just, and, and maybe it's the gambler in me. Maybe that's why I'm so, because this has been insane. I went on the run, on the one run in the first round of the playoffs where I said everything is predictable as it can be. And from there, it's just been pandelirium. Chaos, yeah. And I'm not that guy. I'm not the I want to watch Loyola Chicago in the Final Four. I'm mm-hmm. not that guy. I want to see the stars. I, I don't believe that it's good for the NBA when you've got LeBron and Luka and Steph and all these guys sitting at home. Because this is really hard for me to get behind. It is hard for me to get excited to watch a depleted Clippers team Led by Paul George, that's I mean it's it's a thing mm-hmm. I I guess mm-hmm. go up against the Suns team that I have absolutely no emotional investment in whatsoever, and that and, and tomorrow night you're gonna have the Bucks possibly without their best player and the Hawks without their best player. Mm-hmm. That's a tough sell. That is a tough sell. It is a tough sell, mm, and, and and I get you. I understand what you're what where you're going. The stars sell the NBA, and frankly, and I'm just have, tired of watching guys get hurt. Yeah, and if you have a Final Four and a uh, and a, and a Finals that doesn't have any of the marquee stars, it's it, it's going to take a hit, sure. But I also feel like this is you know we're we're getting the truest sense of how this NBA season should have unfolded. I mean, that's that's part of the grind. Part of the grind is surviving the season. To me, it's all just part of the game. And I don't know that I'd feel any different about it had Denver had Jamal Murray and rolled through to the finals. I know you'd be more excited because you're a Denver Nuggets fan now. I am. But you telling me Utah would have been better rather than the Clippers? <laughs> I, I, I can't really get on board with that. I think it just like anything it's a it's a story and the story of these NBA finals it, it is going to end up being you know who was who was the healthiest at the end. And I think we get to that point in a lot of sports. Not like this. Not like this. I'll agree with you it's worse than it normally is. But also you had a lot of teams that were really good this year that had a lot of players that get hurt all the time. The Brooklyn Nets, anybody really shocked that KD and Kyrie missed a lot of time this year? The Kyrie got hurt down at the end of the, at the end of the season. No, I don't think anybody's really shocked by that. Joel Embiid had an injury. Oh no, we've never heard that before. I get it. You want to see the stars in it, but it's also who has the best team still standing at the end. I, I'm enthralled in the storyline to see where it goes. Because we've got, you know, we got two teams in here that have never won an NBA title, and we got two others that haven't won one since the fifties. I know Milwaukee's has been a little sooner than that, but 
I think the story tells itself. I'm not. I, I'm not disinterested because the stars aren't there. I'm following the storylines, but again, I'm a junkie. I'm a sports junkie, and I get a lot of people aren't. Stars do help sell the game, yes. But I'm not going to say that I don't care about how it ends up, because I do. I think there's a good story to be told in, in every team. I mean, the Atlanta Hawks end up going on to win win the title. Without Trey Young, I think it's going to be a heck of a story. The fact that Lemon Pepper Lou, and I was shocked last night that the NBA Network was actually calling him Lemon Pepper Lou. I figured that would be That's a, become his new name. Oh, I know. If you look at his pro basketball reference page, his number one nickname <laughs> is, is Lemon Pepper, Pepper Lou. It's, and, and it's a head of Sweet Lou, which people have called him for years. <laughs> right. I just think it's hilarious that, uh, that that has become his well-accepted nickname now. But Lemon Pepper Lou comes out last night, and he... He leads the Atlanta Hawks to victory with, you know, Bogdan Bogdanovich hitting hitting threes left and right. There are unsung heroes in sports, and maybe this is just the anomaly year. We're going to have the stars back again. I mean, do you not expect next year is going to be a little bit better? I, I mean, I'm sure it will be. Mm-hmm. you got to have these quote-unquote blip years every now and then. Because like I said, I, I said at the beginning of the playoffs, or in the in the first round when things trended this way, that the the Lakers weren't going to end up making it to the next uh, to to the next round, and the Celtics were going to be out, and you know, I think I think we all wanted parity in the NBA, and now we have it. Plain and simple. The sports tag, just a bit outside. All right, here's the 411, folks. All right, so one of the biggest stories over the weekend, especially overseas, maybe not so much here in America, was about the big crash at the Tour de France. And now the story today is that the woman who was holding a sign at the opening of the stage, uh, what was it, stage three, I believe it was, over the weekend, it caused a massive pileup at the beginning of the race because the woman's holding a sign that apparently was a mixture of two different languages and said something like go grandma and grandpa was leaning out into the roadway so she could get on television apparently was just completely oblivious to the fact that the race had started behind her the first line gets up to her of of cyclists and it it just created the domino effect where only like I don't know, a dozen, maybe a little more than that, riders actually survived unscathed in that crash. And now she's been arrested. Police in France have arrested this woman, and she is apparently facing a 1,500-whatever fine. I don't know what that, that symbol means. It's a, it's a C with two little lines next to it. Is that is that Frank's, I guess? I, I, I don't, don't know. know. So she, she, she's facing a fine, and uh, they're also talking about suing her. The organizers of the race are talking about suing her just to make an example out of her that people won't try to do this in the future. It's actually gotten to the point where many of the Tour de actually all of the Tour de France riders, before, or during, I think it was right at the beginning of this yesterday stage, they all stopped. And took 
like a moment of silence in solidarity for the Tour de France organizers to increase the safety of all of the riders, saying that at some point, if we don't step in and do something to keep us safer, someone's going to die. And it very well could happen. I mean, we've had guys die in the Tour de France before. I mean, Lance Armstrong, one of his teammates, died in 1995 in a crash coming downhill in the Tour de France. So they're making an example out of the sign holder at the Tour de France. Arrested, fined, and possibly being sued just to set the example. NASCAR is losing one of its most familiar faces. Chip Ganassi has sold his NASCAR team to Justin Marks, owner of Trackhouse Racing, and will pull out of the nation's top stop, stop car series at the end of the year. Ganassi has fielded a team with at least two cars since 2001 and has been a uh, a face of Indy Racing and all the mm-hmm. other series for as long as I can remember. So he's just pulling out of NASCAR. Yeah. He will keep his Formula E team. He'll keep his IndyCar team, the IMSA sports car team. Those will all stay the same. Formula E? I don't know what it is. Either. Okay. All right. I, I, I was hoping you would just glom right past it. because I, <laughs> I had to ask because I've never heard of that. I will say this, though. And and I brought this up mainly because it's a you know late breaking story. And have you watched the CBS racing series, the the Tony yes. Stewart? Yes, thing? I have. Am I the only one that thinks that's really good, or am I am I out to lunch here? No, you're not out to lunch. I thought it was fantastic. I knew nothing of it. Mm-hmm. I hadn't seen it. I just so happened to be. I was at a restaurant over the weekend. TVs are on. And I started seeing the names, and I went, why do I know every one of those Mm -hmm. names? And they're driving these weird little cars. They're all superstars. On a dirt track. Mm -hmm. It was like Bobby Labonte and Mm -hmm. Tony Stewart. Mm -hmm. Tony Kanaan from F1. I couldn't stop watching it. Mm -hmm. I sat there and probably watched an hour of it. Mm Mm-hmm. I watched the whole thing. Tony ended up winning at the end. Uh, You know, this was Tony's idea. We talked about it in the comeback. Remember when sports were coming back? This is one of the stories. I remember the idea. Yeah. I did not know that's what it was. It's like the IROC. It's like IROC racing. Everybody has the same car. There's no manufacturers in anything. Uh, Camping World is fit, footing the bill for the whole thing. And I, I think it's been great. They were at Eldora this past week. Tony Stewart wins. And I think I, I'm going to be in for the rest of the series. It lasts, what, another... 10 races or something like that? Something I think it's like, like a 12 that. race thing. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was great. Chip Ganassi leaving NASCAR. I have no idea who Richard Marks is, but I, I love his music. It's Justin Marks. Good, oh, Justin Marks. Excuse me. Is that Groucho's brother? M A R K S. I love playing this game with you. It irritates him so much. Yeah, especially when I feel so wonderful. Speaking of feeling so wonderful, just a quick headline here. There, there, there may be some incentive for NFL players to get their vaccinations. Oh, you mean other than the uh, announcements that basically your life will be normal if you are vaccinated and it, you will be confined to possibly underneath your covers if you're not? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, the, uh, the league has sent down their protocols or whatever for this year, and... If a player who is unvaccinated 
misses time because of the coronavirus, because of testing positive, they they may not get paid. Mm -hmm. They very well may not get paid because the NFL can say you contracted it outside of the football field. Now, if, if you're vaccinated, they can't challenge whether or not to pay you. But if you're unvaccinated and you happen to miss a couple of games, they very well could take your game check for that. I feel like that's a little bit of extra incentive for a football player. I mean, after we've already seen the thing that happened with Chris Paul in these playoffs, vaccinated player, test positive, he's got to sit out for two games. You think a guy wants to miss two weeks in an NFL season and not get paid for it? I just thought that was a that was an interesting little tidbit that came out. Uh, I believe that was yesterday, day before yesterday. Very well, could happen. We got training camp starting soon. I'm I am beyond ready for training camp in the NFL. <laughs> what was it we said yesterday? July twenty first. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be the opening of the first two training camps. Everybody else gets going the last week in uh, in July. But there are some contract disputes going on around the NFL today, and uh, Stephon Gilmore is not happy. He hasn't been in forever. Right. He has been disgruntled. He has not you know, appreciated his level of pay. But this year he is going to make, what, $13 million? And it's just shy of the top ten list of highest paid cornerbacks in the NFL, the NFL.com put the graphic out yesterday on social media of the top 10 cornerbacks in pay for this upcoming year. Obviously, Jalen Ramsey's up at the top, $20 million. And then you got ten, nine other guys on this list with Jalen Ramsey and no Stephon Gilmore, a former defensive player of the year in this league. And he's not among the top paid cornerbacks at his position. And he retweeted it out with just oh okay and that was just a slap to the new england patriots who he's trying to get more money from you know i i've always thought this strategy was very strange why do you really want i i mean do you want to start the negotiations this way or continue the negotiations this way he doesn't want the money from new england he He wants wants it to come from somewhere else he's wanted out for two years Mm mm-hmm this is not a new narrative. I've just thought it's strange that that's you want something from a team. Why would you poke the bear, so to speak? I'm not saying Stephon Gilmore doesn't deserve to be on this list because I think it's clear that he does. However, I don't know. I'm going to go back to the to the age old. This is the deal you negotiated. This is the deal that you signed on for. Now, can the team really help that after you signed your deal, the market completely got flipped upside down, and now guys are making more money than you? Jalen Ramsey, Marlon Humphrey, Tredavious White, Darius Slay, Byron Jones, Xavier Howard, James Bradbury, Marcus Peters, Trey Wayne, and William Jackson. All those guys making more money than Stephon Gilmore this year. Mm-hmm. I get that you want out. I just don't know that this is the best way to go about it. I've said of all the guys that seem to be having contentious dealings with their teams, Stefan Gilmore is the one that I most believe will find a way out. Mm-hmm. Because there is still a market for him. He's still a pretty good value. Mm-hmm. 
I don't think I don't think it's going to cost you a tremendous amount. Like I think he's a two-year, thirty million dollar deal guy. On top of what he's already doing, okay. He's the one that I look at and go, I don't necessarily think you're going to be in New England for much longer. Mm-hmm. But then I look at a guy like Xavier Howard. Uh, there is no way you don't play in New England, in spite of what Dolphins fans want to say. Because the Houston Texans do not care about Xavier Howard for Deshaun Watson, no matter how bad you want them to. Right. Xavier, wait, you said Xavier Howard's going to play in New England? He's going to play in Miami. In Miami. I said Stephon okay. Gilmore will be out of New England. Xavier right. Howard will be in Miami. Okay. If you had to pick a landing spot for Stephon Gilmore. What I've you- always said the place that makes the most sense is Arizona. Because then he's the one, mm-hmm. and that defense, all of a sudden, <laughs> is pretty good. Well, I mean, they're not too shabby to begin with. No, the the back half makes me a little nervous. Mm-hmm. But they have a lot of linebackers that are really multiple between you know, uh, oh, Zayvon Collins mm-hmm. and Isaiah Simmons. Mm-hmm. They can do a lot of things that are going to be a lot of fun to watch. Chandler Jones, what's going to happen with him? That's, That's another one that people have talked about. I I don't see any way he's not in Arizona. And he's got twenty million dollars. You don't add J.J. Watt and then trade Chandler Jones. That doesn't make any sense. Right. But could he, could they, could he force his way out? Could he? Question. Yeah. Does he want to? No. You don't think so? No. I mean, all You the- don't look at a team like that that's going to put up points. Whether you, no matter what you think of Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray, Arizona on the whole, they're going to score. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Chandler Jones is no doubt... Um, disgruntled with the way things are going uh, with the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, I I don't know. I, I would agree. I would tend to agree with you that if they put this much around us, we actually have a chance to win. We actually have a chance to be better than 8-8 eight and eight this year. We talked much about this yesterday. If they're not better than 8-8, eight and eight, there's going to be some changes with that team. Cliff Kingsbury may very well be out of a job. Yes, yeah, so that's one of the things I want to talk about to start the 4 o'clock hour. Okay. Uh, there are coaches in the NFL that I have different beliefs on people. This this got aggressive on social media yesterday because there's a coach in the NFL that fans seem to want to say is on the hot seat, and I can't wrap my brain around why. Okay. Coaches on the hot seat coming up at 4 o'clock. Um, any, are there any other contract disputes that you think could lead to Either camp holdouts, guy forcing his way out, or maybe even into the season, a contract dispute. Not really. I mean, everybody will say Aaron Rodgers, but no, that's it's, it's going to be weird that you know the closer we get to the season, all of a sudden they're just going to hold hands and sing Kumbaya, and mm-hmm. it'll all be just fine. Right. Um, Seattle stuck with with Jamal Adams. They're going to have to pay him. Uh-huh. They're going to have to pay $20 million to him. Yeah, and that, you know, I just sit back and see that and go, oh, man, <laughs> give us two ones and a three for that guy. I mean, imagine imagine the place that they would be in if they decided not to. If they oh, decided you can't. Not, right, if they decided not to re-sign him, what, you traded two first-round draft picks away f- to get this guy for a, what, a two-year rental? Uh-huh. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Uh-uh. No, they're, no uh-uh. they're stuck paying him 
uh, and I think that deal is going to get done. I don't. I, I don't think I've heard any friction between the two sides. I think both both they want Jamal to be there and Jamal wants to be there. They just can't come together on a number. But I don't think that discussion has gotten contentious. Am I right about that? Everything I've heard is it's not contentious. Right. Now, that's one that I will say the more time goes on, the more possible that that, is, that that gets contentious. Well, you know, Jamal wasn't was never one to hold his tongue, at least when he was in New York anyway. I got to imagine he's not going to be ashamed or, or afraid to speak out if that's the way things go in Seattle. You're in the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green here on ESPN Asheville. I'm Tank Spencer. He's Jeremy Green. Green on Green is coming up next. Coffee's for closers only. Get him the money. Then when you get the money, you get the power. That watch costs more than your car. Then when you get the power, then you get the work. Another day, another one in one day. I cannot <laughs> stop having these split days, and it's driving me crazy. Tonight in the NBA, you got the Phoenix Suns visiting the L.A. Clippers Game 6 of the Western Conference Finals. Uh, this game is currently a pick'em. I, really? I was just as surprised as you were. Wow. It is currently a pick'em, and the over-under is 215. I have not changed my narrative here. Of Paul George's had to be otherworldly mm-hmm. for them to win these games, and I don't think he's that guy. You can't erase 10 years of history with two weeks of uh, of high-level play. I think there's still a game coming. I'd, I'd pretty well believe it's tonight. If it's not, it'll be Game 7 when all the pressure, you're in Phoenix. But I think it's going to happen tonight. I'm going to take the Phoenix Suns to win this game. 83% of the money is with me. 81% of the side is with me. There is something that I like more than any of this, though. 215 is dumb. We have stayed ridiculously low in this series. There is going to be a high-flying, high-scoring game in this series, and I think it's tonight. Give me the Suns in the pick'em over 215. Go and do likewise, gents. The money's out there. You pick it up, it's yours. You don't, I got no sympathy for you. I'd like to disagree with you, sir, but I'm not going to. I think this is the night that it ends as well. Um, just to just to further rip the hearts out of the uh, L.A. Clippers fans. Well, then you're going to have on the, their home floor. Uh, you're going to have the greatest duel in the history of time: Chris Paul, who can't get to a finals, and Chris, and Paul George, who can't come up big in an elimination game. Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole arena might just like go wind up in a black hole <laughs> because one of those narratives has to stop. Right. So, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, I'm all over the suns tonight. All over the suns. All right. All right. How about the daily fantasy sports props bet of the night? MonkeyKnifeFight.com. If you've not created your account yet, what are you waiting for? Go to MonkeyKnifeFight.com. Create yourself an account today and use our promo code when you do. Tank, T-A-N-K, promo code TANK, and they will match your initial investment up to $100 and give you a $5 free play. And that free play you can use on... I am playing the more or less 3.6x multiplier in the L.A. Clippers Phoenix Suns tonight. I will go over 30.5 points for Paul George, over 29.5 points for Devin Booker. That will take your $5 buy-in and turn it into an $18 prize. Now, Book has not been pouring it in since uh, Chris Paul got back. Oh, no, just 
Just R-E-L-A-X. You think that game is coming tonight? I do. All right. I do, I do, I do. We will see. I also want to see some flexing tonight in L.A. from uh, DeAndre Ayton. He hasn't been the force that I thought he would be in this series. While he's had good plays, he's been pretty good. But he hasn't been completely dominant the way I thought he would be going up against like a Zubac. Well, there is no Zubac tonight, so uh, I don't quite know who's going to guard him. But I don't like their chances, no matter who they are. Flex on DeAndre. Can't wait for it. We'll talk coaches on the hot seat in the NFL coming up after Sports Center here on ESPN Asheville. This is the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. You look at my numbers, I'm I'm balling. Beer City's best sports talk is on the air. Get involved. Call 252-4348. Tweet the show at Sports Tank ESPN. The Sports Tank. Come get you some of this. Can't wait. The Sports Tank with Jeremy Green, heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Tank Spencer. He's Jeremy Green. We are in the Ingalls studio on 92.9 FM, 880 AM, and 1400. It is ESPN Asheville. Glad to have you all along for the ride here on this Wednesday afternoon. Okay, let's talk some NFL head coaches. Oh, this hour of the program, by the way, brought to you by Wicked Weed Brewing. Check out our friends at WickedWeedBrewing.com. Wicked Weed Brewing. Drink different. Jeremy. Tonight I'm going to find out which Wicked Weed beer makes the best hot toddy. <laughs> I have four in mind. I, I'll, I'll update you with the results. You have four in mind. I do. Uh, can you tell us which four those are? There is a watermelon dragon fruit uh, in in my future. I, I see it coming. I had the wa- I bought a six pack of the watermelon dragon fruit over the weekend. You're welcome. Uh, it is phenomenal. You're welcome. I love it. It's a sour beer. Oh, it's so good. It's very very tasty, and it goes perfect with a hot Sunday summer summer Sunday afternoon by the pool. Yeah, you want me to tell you a fun story? Yep. You know how there's a bar right beside my house? Yep. They got those on tap. Yep. Nice. That is. That is dangerous, to say the least. Yes, the watermelon dragon fruit sour is one of the finest that Wicked Weed has, but they have uh, so many, so many different things to choose from, and you can, of course, order online at wickedweedbrewing.com, or you can visit them at any four of their locations around the Asheville area. Coaches on the hot seat in the NFL. Jeremy was telling me during the break that there is one that he just can't, make mesh in his mind of a of a coach that's on the hot seat it's mike mccarthy i can't figure out why mike mccarthy's on really no really you can't you can't figure that out no you lost your quarterback five games in Mm -hmm. you brought a defensive coordinator out of retirement Mm -hmm. that was i I don't know what he was doing but Mm -hmm. uh, thankfully he is back doing that now Mm -hmm. that team is still good it is still still the I shouldn't say he's definitively the best. You might convince Lincoln Riley to come out of Oklahoma. I don't really believe it, but mm-hmm. you might. Mm-hmm. And I think Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys are going to be just fine. They possibly could be. But if they have another disastrous season, which I think anything short of making the playoffs will be a disaster, because you look at that team and they're just loaded. They're so heavy 
on the offensive side of the ball. They're so talented on that side that I think that that should overcome the deficiencies on the defensive side of the ball. I I agree with you. Mm -hmm. And I think they have players. I think Micah Parsons is going to help. I also need you to look at what the middle of the the beef of their schedule looks like. Mm -hmm. This is in order. They start at your Buccaneers Thursday night football. Okay. They then have a 10-day layoff before they play at the Chargers, which they're going to win. So you're sitting at 1-1. One and one. Mm-hmm. Then you play in order. Home to the Eagles, home to the Panthers, home to the Giants, at the Patriots, at the Vikings, Broncos, Falcons. Woof. That's a great start to the year. Mm-hmm. There is no doubt in my mind that that is a team that could be sitting at 7-2. and two. Mm-hmm. I think four of those games are not losable. I would agree with that. Barring injuries or, you know, craziness. But see, this is why we say he's on a hot seat, because if it doesn't pay off this year, with that easy schedule, especially to start out the year, it's going to be curtains for Mike McCarthy. Look, I criticized him when he was in Green Bay. At the end of his tenure in Green Bay, things weren't working. And remember what was the one thing that we said about him? His game has gotten stale. Mm Mm-hmm. His offense hasn't kept up with the times in the NFL, and he was not the guy for the job anymore. And when the Dallas Cowboys hired him, I went, great on the pedigree. I'll give you, I'll give you points for the name. I'll give you points for the ring. But it better pay off. And I get it was a horrible situation last year with Dak getting hurt in game five or game four of the season, whatever it was. But if they can't get it done this year, I think you got to consider moving on. Has the game passed him by? And the fact that he made the dumb decision to bring in Mike Nolan last year. Who he was comfortable with. Mm-hmm. I get it. I, it was a comfort move for him, but still, bad decision. You brought in a guy whose defensive scheme did not fit your personnel. Mm-hmm. And you thought you could just shoehorn that in, and you'd be just fine. And he learned the lesson and walked away from and, it. And hopefully that is the case. But yeah, I do believe if this is if this is a bad season, which a losing record would be far worse than anything because this is a team that I would expect Jason Garrett to at least get them into the playoffs with. Oof. I don't know that I agree with that. <laughs> I never had very lofty aspirations for uh, Jason Garrett. I didn't either. That's why I say if he misses the playoffs with this team, I would expect Jason Garrett to win ten games with this season with his team. And I feel like the name that I said right there was not the name you thought I was going to say. It was not. That name surprises you. It doesn't surprise me in the least. Brian Flores with the Miami does Dolphins. not surprise me in the least. Why? Are, is he going to get the blame if Tua doesn't take a step forward? Mm-hmm. That's going to be his fault. Mm-hmm. And they're going to jump two coordinators ship on him in two after years. three years. Two coordinators in two years. Mm-hmm. A ton of talent. And you have to strike while the iron's hot. And at the end of the day, Brian Flores is a defensive guy, not an offensive. Mm-hmm. And all of these stories about how bad Tua has been and it was in the OTAs and that players are struggling to assimilate to the offense, just laying the groundwork. Is that not That's late? all it is. But does just laying that, the groundwork. Does that decision... To muddy the waters for the offensive coordinators. We talked about this yesterday, how they have co-offensive coordinators, and apparently it's hard for guys to grasp the offense. 
because they're trying to jam three different styles in here because they're 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 taking both the co-coordinators what they want to do plus they're leaving in some of the stuff from Chan Gailey mm-hmm. because that's what two is comfortable with so they're trying which to which I think is dumb but who's the head coach I get it there you go but is it's that not a GM move no the coach, the, the coach hires the coordinator okay that has nothing to do with GM okay. That's what, if you remember, the reason Matt Rule is the head coach of the Carolina Panthers mm-hmm. and not the New York Jets is because they wanted to have say in his staff. Mm-hmm. Virtually any coach with any form of options, any tenure, anything like that, has full control over their own staff. Okay. All right. Let me, let, let, let's, let me elaborate on this a bit. Let's just say that Tua Tonga Vailoa does not acclimate to this offense the way that you would want him to. Mm hmm. And let's just say, and I'm looking at the schedule in front of me, let's just say that the Dolphins go, oh, I don't know, because the beginning of that, the first five weeks of their schedule is ugly. In New England, Buffalo, at the Raiders, Colts, Buccaneers. You're telling me you're sure that's not one and four? No. Because I'm not. No. I'm not in any way sure of that. It could easily be one and four. And if that happens, I could easily see this team unraveling to a point. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, the back end of the schedule is not as brutal, but there's still games with Baltimore, Carolina, who I think higher of than most people, the Jets, who I think higher of than most people. It's still not a pretty schedule. And if you're telling me at the end of this year, let's say Miami goes 8-9, and 9-8, nine, nine mm-hmm. and eight, mm-hmm. somewhere in there, mm-hmm. and Tua just does not appear to be getting it, there's going to be a fall guy. Yep. Who's it going to be? It's not going to be Chris Greer who just orchestrated all of these deals to get all the extra draft capital. Right. It's not going to be Tua. They was the face of the franchise. We just haven't put him in the right situation to succeed. He's only been a starter for a year and a half. We can't give up this early. Where's it go? There's only one guy. It's Brian Flores. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be really honest with you. He's 15 and 17 in two years as Miami's head coach. They were good last year. I'm not saying they weren't. Let's say they go 9 and 8 this year. That's three years. You've been mediocre once. You've been reasonably good and missed the playoff once, and you were awful once. Name me a coach that's not on the hot seat after that. Mm-hmm. In history, it's not one. I that think name maybe caught that's... me at first, and then I thought it through. Well, I, mean, I look, here's where I'm at with the Brian Flores thing. I think <laughs> that a bad year this year would put him on the hot seat. I don't think he's already there. I do. I do. Because the expectations of this team are really high. Mm-hmm. And you only have so many years of two on a rookie deal. So if there is any part of them that thinks that this is not the guy, I'm not saying I think this. I'm saying people around the league keep saying this. Mm-hmm. And when I first saw it, I went, that's dumb. Mm-hmm. And then I thought about it and went, mm, maybe it's not. Maybe it's not. Dumb. I think maybe he's got one more year of blaming it on the coordinators. And then... <laughs> I, I, what are you going to do? Fire them? You're going to have, th- you're gonna have a, a third coordinator in three years? No, Te- that falls on you. Fourth. You hired them. I mean, the other names that you see on this list, there's one that I think would surprise you. On that, the hot that seat is, list? That is universally on these lists. Okay. You know, the Matt Nagy's, we already know that. We know that. Everybody knows that. Done. Zach Taylor, everybody knows that. Done. David Cully. Yep. Uh, the, by the way, first coach I have ever seen in my life that's on the hot seat before he's actually coached a game. Mm-hmm. Kingsbury, Vic Fangio, we, we've seen all of those. Yes. There's a, there's actually two that may surprise you. Because I put out feelers of who are I the top ten, top ten coaches on the hot seat. All right, let me take a guess. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Mike Zimmer. <laughs> Stop it. Stop. Defense what is, is defense your is, expectation? What is your expectation? Uh, you're a defensive guy. You had one of the most god-awful defenses in the NFL last year. Mm-hmm. Staff has been constantly changing. It has. Which falls on the coach. And I, there are people in Minnesota that don't think they think he's a fine coach. Mm-hmm. He'd be a great defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. And there are people that just don't think he's the guy. The guy that can lead you to where you want to be. And I'll be honest with you. I, I think he's very a- much the Kirk Cousins of NFL head coaches. He'll always be just good enough for you to be relevant. Yep. I don't think you're ever going to get where you want to get with him. Especially not in tandem with Kirk Cousins. Well, I mean, you have a lot of those around the NFL. You only have so many championship caliber coaches around the NFL. And I guess, yeah, at some point, if you don't feel you have one of those, you got to tap out and try something different. Mike Zimmer's been there, what, five years now? That sounds right. I think I'm in the ballpark on that one. And I I understand that. But here's the thing. He's also the guy who was the, your, your coach when you were on the doorstep of this the is Super his Bowl. This eighth year in Minnesota. Eighth year? Okay. So I was off by a while. I was off by a I thought a it felt Brian like that Torres was a career. little low. <laughs> right. And over the course of time, he's 64-47-1. Mm-hmm. He's a slightly above average coach. But 64-47-1 to me seems like that's, that's hog heaven from where the Minnesota Vikings usually used to be. Mm, that's not really true. Really? No. I mean, the Denny Green years, the, there hasn't been a ton of turnover with the Vikings. But they haven't been good, is what I'm saying. We'll define good. Okay, perennial playoff team. They haven't been that. I, I mean, mean, they had a couple 04, of hits. Since 04, they've made the playoffs eight times. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had a couple of hits with Adrian Peterson. And, before, of course, they had the, the long run with the Minnesota Miracle. Stephon Diggs catching the touchdown to get them into the uh, championship game. Yeah, in the 90s, they made the playoffs eight of 11 years. That's pretty consistent. Okay. I mean, I guess my point would be since 2002, they've had four head coaches. Mm-hmm. There's a reason for that. But I think after this long, the 7 and 9, 8-7-1, 8-8, 7-9, 5-10-1, 10-6, and even, those kind of get lost. There's one really good year that they lost in the, the conference championship. Mm-hmm. That was when they were 13-3. and mm-hmm. Other than that, you've been pretty mediocre. I don't really disagree with it. Yeah. I would say if they're if they're even close to Detroit and I and honestly I think if they're not better than the Bears, he's probably done after this year. Mm-hmm. And then there's one more. Is it Matt LaFleur? <laughs> That's the one. Now see, this is the one I can get on board with. This is the one I can get on board with. Which somewhat surprises me. Uh, I mean, he's fine, but I think that whole there's got to be a fall guy somewhere. There, like you said in Miami, there's got to be a fall guy somewhere. And we've already you've already told me up and down. Green Bay doesn't change their front office. They're not going to do it. They're not going to fire Gutekunst. They're not going to so, fire a guy that's been there for twenty five years for a quarterback that'll be there for twenty five more months. Right. So there's got to be there's got to be a downfall somewhere. 
If you can't that, that knock just, it on the door. That one just blows my mind. I mean, every other franchise would kill to be in the position that the Green Bay Packers are in. Mm-hmm. You I do understand. Matt LaFleur would be unemployed for an hour. No doubt. He would be the brand new head coach of the Miami Dolphins in a heartbeat. Do you know what his, so he's coached 32 games in the regular season. Do you know what his record is? Oh God, he's only lost like seven games or something. 26 and six. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty good. Mm Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's pretty, pretty fair. Yeah. But I think the, the turmoil that has not only been on the field, but off the field with Aaron Rodgers, somebody's got to take the fall for that if this ends badly. Which I think there's a very real possibility of that happening. Defined ends badly. They get bounced early in the playoffs. And they very well could. I mean, with a bad draw. I don't draw, think they very well could. Yeah, if they end up with a bad draw, they very well could end up getting bounced early in the playoffs. And it'll be just another let down year, much like Mike McCarthy. I mean, I, maybe Green Bay is the, you know, Green Bay is this. They're the organization in the NFL that maybe more than any other organization right now has too high of an expectations of where they should be. I don't agree with that, but I, but maybe that's maybe that's what what we're dealing with. I mean, you've been, it, you've been thirteen three two years in a row, right? And and getting to the doorstep of the of the Super Bowl two years in a row, losing in the conference championship game should be enough to keep your job. But if it all ends in turmoil of who's the quarterback going to be and we've ticked off Aaron Rodgers and all of that, I could very well see where they might they might have to feel like they have to make a change. And then they could bring in Doug Peterson <laughs> and try their hand at that. Did you see that? Doug Peterson uh, uh, yeah. Doug Peterson says he absolutely wants to coach in the league again and he's going to will. And he's going to he's a good mm-hmm. coach. He almost got the Jets job. Mm-hmm. Oh, did he? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's right. If Salah had said no, that was that's probably right. the next call. That's right. But he's going to take this year off. He said he hasn't had a year off in 34 years. He went from playing right into coaching. And so he's going to take this year off, and he wants to get back into coaching next year. And if any of these guys that are on the hot seat get fired, he's going to be the first phone call that they make. He will be the first call for every team. I want to get to this after the break. Okay. I have a question for you about coaches in the NFL. Mm -hmm. And it comes from what you just said about guys on the hot seat. Mm -hmm. Also, after the break, we have breaking news. You're in the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green here on ESPN Asheville. You're in the Sports Tank. Take all this, burn it. Okay? Gasoline, kerosene, either one. Burn it. Okay? You better dance. Thanks, Mr. Jeremy Green on ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, and 1400. Check us out on uh, social media. Hit us up at Sports Tank ESPN. He's at J Green ESPN with all of the E's. He's got four E's in there. It's way too many E's for your uh, for your screen name. And, and they're, they're back-to-back E's both times. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, Jay, at Jay Green ESPN, at Sports Tank ESPN, hit us up on Twitter. Talking NFL head coaches, talk about ones on the hot seat. I can get down with some of them, others I'm not understanding. Brian Flores, I don't get. Mike I, Zimmer, I, I still don't get. Yeah, I get it. I, I 100% get it. Mm-hmm. 
My question to you would be, and this this is coming off what I just heard you say about Mike Zimmer and all these things. Yes. There was a story that got pretty popular on social media yesterday about CBS Sports put out their list of the top 10 head coaches in the NFL mm-hmm. for 2021. Andy Reid was one. Bill Belichick was two. John Harbaugh was three. I like Sean that. Payton was four. Okay. Other lists came out that had Andy Reid moved around, and it started to get, you know, it went a little viral, and people were upset that Andy Reid doesn't get the respect that, that he deserves. But they had Andy Reid moved around. He was at six. Which Who did I, that? I, I'll give you one guess. Eagles fans. Nope. Who, what company's list do we throw out very often and go, <laughs> huh? Oh, it's NBC. Nope, Pro Football Focus, but you're close. Oh, Pro Football yeah. Focus. Yeah. I was thinking Pro Football Talk. Yeah, they work together. So, yeah. You know, it's... So, yeah, they had Andy Reid at six. That's dumb. And my question to you would be, how many coaches do you think... Because I'm much more a culture guy than I am a coach guy. Mm-hmm. How many coaches in the NFL do you think have a multiple victory swing every year? Just you being the coach. I'm obviously in on Andy Reid. I'll I'll give you that one, but I would give you the argument for not having him. I'll give it to you in a minute. Keep going. Okay. Bill Belichick. Uh-huh. Come on. That was a bad team last year. Uh-huh. They won seven games. Uh-huh. You can't tell me that they didn't win more games. We, we had them projected at, what, four wins? Uh-huh. I think they won the other three because Bill Belichick is their head coach. Uh-huh. Tell me, uh, do you care to uh, go back down memory road and tell me who it was they beat? I can tell you because I'm looking at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dolphins missed the playoffs. Raiders missed the playoffs. Jets twice missed the playoffs. Uh, Ravens, Cardinals missed the playoffs. Chargers missed the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They beat one team that made the playoffs. Okay. One. Okay. But they also beat the Ravens. That's the one team that made the playoffs. Right. They also beat the Miami Dolphins, who were just on the outside of the playoffs. And it was in week one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they played them again and didn't. And as a matter of fact, it wasn't even close. It was embarrassingly bad. Miami couldn't move the ball, and they still won 22-12. to Yeah, I I think the Belichick thing. Keep going. I'll I'll tell you where I'm going with this in a minute. Okay. Um, Sean Payton. I think Sean Payton is a guy, although I don't have a whole lot of frame of reference outside of Drew Brees. That's kind of my point. Yeah. Is that every one of these guys, it's weird how every smart coach, every one of these coaches that's just a genius, Mm -hmm. they all have a great quarterback. I can't, I want to say Sean McVay here, but I can't put him in that. John Harbaugh, maybe. Mm -hmm. Maybe. I would say he's a a two-game swing just for being your head coach. And then after that, I'm kind of I'm I'm kind of crickets. Still too early to tell on Frank Reich. I really like Frank Reich. <laughs> You're down to Frank Reich. You're way beyond where I would be. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm just trying to I'm just trying to think be. anybody on this list that I believe, as you said, can change a culture, can get a team to perform better than they are. Secret time. I don't think any one of those guys changed a culture. Okay. Sean Payton, maybe. But it's weird how Sean Payton came in with Drew Brees and all of a sudden the culture changed. Mm-hmm. My answer? Zero. None of them. None. Not one. 
You know, it's weird that Belichick was a losing coach without Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Andy Reid was, I think, 20 games over 500 and had some really good years. A little losing coach without Donovan McNabb and without Pat Mahomes. Mm-hmm. It's weird how that happens. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a caveat for me. I don't care who you are. If you don't have a star quarterback, you're up creek without a paddle. Now, what I do, where I do think there's a difference, I think a guy like an Andy Reid, I think a guy like Bill Belichick, Sean Payton, John Harbaugh. John Harbaugh is currently doing one of the most magical jobs of what I'm getting ready to say of any coach I've ever seen in the 20-some-odd years I've been watching this league. I think there's a lot of these guys that when they get a guy and they have that star quarterback, they can keep the culture. They can get the, the everything works around that guy. John Harbaugh has taken a whole organization and built it around a guy that 95% of us did not think could play quarterback in the NFL. Mm -hmm. That would be how I would rate the list. In terms of coaches that... This is an argument I've gotten into a bunch of times. Okay, If you gave Andy Reid the Houston Texans roster, he's still 2-15. and Maybe. 100% that you tell me who they're beating. It's Jacksonville twice, and you and I both know it. <laughs> We've looked at that schedule backwards and forwards. Right. It is one of the worst teams. It is the worst team in the NFL. Where I come into a difference, and it's where my issue falls in with Brian Flores, is that where I start to judge coaches is when you have the talent. You have the quarterback, and you're still not producing. That's when I go, okay, you're not a big league. You're not a big-time head coach. But You, you can have jobs. But in Brian Flores's case, you don't know that he has the quarterback. I mean, yes, they nobody use... has the talent. Okay, he has. There's enough talent on that roster that that team should be, at the very least, should be competitive for a playoff spot. And they are. I'm not. They were this past year. Maybe. Maybe. I'm just telling you, there is a path with Miami, and it always makes me uneasy when every media entity says the same thing. Mm-hmm. I, I said this yesterday. It means one of two things: either they want you to know that because somebody in the in the building is telling them that. Or it's so obvious when they watch that they all have the same opinion. I want you to th- think about how many different opinions you heard from people like me about guys like Zach Wilson or Trey Lance. If you get all of us saying the same thing, it means it is abundantly clear. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what's making me nervous about Flores. Is Yeah, I mean, I give you the blip year when you didn't have any talent. Well, last year you had talent. You made some very suspect decisions. I never understood why you took out Ryan Fitzpatrick while you're winning. Mm-hmm. Doesn't make any sense. Do one, do the other. You know, don't switch your course midseason and miss the playoffs and expect me to feel sorry for you. You missed the playoffs because of you. Because there were at least two games that I think Ryan Fitzpatrick would have won that Tua Tungvaluwa didn't, which would have put them solidly in the playoffs. There you go. Mm-hmm. And I and I would look at those decisions and go, that's a Brian Flores thing. You made the decision to go to Tua. But it's also a first-time head coach who, I mean, he's still feel, still feeling things out. Mm-hmm. And this is year three. And it was a tough. You get three years from me to be feeling things out. That's it? Mm-hmm. Three years and you're done. Yeah. Even if you've been, on, been right outside the playoffs two of those three years. Name me a coach in NFL history that after three years, I had the same job. Mm-hmm. Now, you take somebody like Belichick that winds up in New England and has Tom Brady fall in his lap, mm-hmm. okay, it's a little different. Name me a guy that lasted three years in a job and you were ready to fire him, and then all of a sudden he's Andy Reid, Sean Payton, somebody like that. 
Oh, there's not any of those? Yeah, I didn't think so. Okay. I'm probably more I, of a quick trigger guy than anybody. Right. Because I feel like within, I mean, very short order. My, I'll put it this way. My biggest draft misses every year, I usually know before I've seen them play one down in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Just camp reports, things I've seen, things I've heard, and watching them in the preseason. Before they play one realistic snap, I usually know. I missed on that guy. Well, if things end up going badly in Green Bay, maybe Matt LaFleur and uh, and uh, Aaron Rodgers can team up and go to Miami. Uh, I don't think Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers are teaming up anywhere. Oh, well, now wait a minute. We have, You think there's... Are you friction kidding there? me? There's I been thought friction there, there for since the minute he got there. I thought their relationship was fine. Uh, this was you, just about the GM. No. He's had a contentious relationship with LaFleur from Jump Street. Okay. No, that's always been a contentious relationship. Right. And neither one of them has done anything to squelch that. Like, yeah, we're two big personalities, and, and we don't always get along. Mm-hmm. No, they, there's... There, there's there's not a whole lot of love lost there. Okay. I thought this was more about the GM than it was the head no, the coach. GM was a pretty new thing. Mm-hmm. Now it was the front office, and you know, the, the coach has been a problem for a while. Yeah. That's why Matt LaFleur, that's why Matt LaFleur would be on the hot seat. It's not because of the production on the field. Mm-hmm. It would be deciding, finding a fall guy to make Aaron Rodgers happy. I don't think you can make Aaron Rodgers happy. I don't think anybody can make Aaron Rodgers happy, but that's just me. I really don't either. I, I don't. I think he's one of those contentious I mean, personalities that wants everything his way, and as soon as it's not, he's going to be upset. Mm-hmm. So why would you acquiesce to that? That and makes like, no sense And to unless me. he wound up on a team that has just buku weapons, there's not a spot for him to go that's like that, in my opinion. Maybe Minnesota. Oh, Not happening. Come on. Not happening. He's got great wide receivers. And he'd want to go inside the division where he couldn't pound the Packers. Yeah, they're not letting that happen again. They, they got they burned did it on that Favre. one time. They're not letting it happen again. <laughs> they did it with Favre and found out very quickly that a star quarterback does matter a lot in this league. On the weird scale, there's Vegas, there's Florida, and there's Asheville. Let's get weird, Asheville. I know it shouldn't be weird that baseball's doing, well, you know, baseball things, but here you go. So we've had the big goo ball scandal, right? They've, we've had our first guy get ejected because of sticky substances inside his glove, Hector Santiago from the Seattle Mariners. By the way, it came out today that he is going to be suspended for 10 games. We have not heard the official word on what it was inside his glove, but Major League Baseball has determined that it was enough to trigger the 10-game suspension, which he is appealing. He's going to be able to play without it, and I have a feeling that this this appeal is just going to go... It's going to go on for a little bit, and then it's going to be reduced to probably three games. He might miss one start out of the whole thing. But they have now decided, with, you know, hopefully a lot of eyeballs going to be on the Midsummer Classic, they're not going to do any of the inspections of the, of, of the, of the, uh, the, the spider tack and things at the All-Star game. No, wait a minute. 
Oh, so you're saying that this is bad for the sport, all of these checks and things, and everybody talking about it during your what is supposed to be your most viewed event of the entire season? Oh, okay. Baseball just can't get out of its own way. Like, if you're going to do it in the regular season, why would you not do it in the All-Star game? Because it's dumb and people actually watch your All-Star game. <laughs> right. But if it, if that's your reasoning, then should it not also be the reasoning that we shouldn't be doing this in the regular season games? No, but you got to keep the game pure. <laughs> right. You got to make sure nobody has suntan lotion. Right, yeah. No, they're not going to be doing any of the uh, checks for the stinky stuff at uh, at the 2021 All-Star Game. Uh, coming up next month, July 13th, just a, just a couple of weeks away. I say something in this segment every day. What is it? Don't do crimes. Not today. Birds aren't real. Bingo! Oh my gosh. An exit off I-95 in Florida had to be closed for three hours yesterday after a hundred homing pigeons fell off a truck and refused to move. First of all, I have never heard of a homing pigeon, but that is the most terrifying two words I have ever heard put in a sentence together. Uh-huh. A crate carrying a hundred of the birds fell off a truck late. Oh, this was Tuesday, not Thursday. Sorry. Late Tuesday near Daytona Beach. Because the birds roost at night, the pigeons stayed on the road until bright lights from vehicles startled them. They flew into the air and created a hazard for drivers, according to a news release from Volusia County officials. I keep trying to tell you people that these are the silent killers in the sky. (laughs) And here's just another example. Yesterday, Mr. Bluebird decides to mess with me. Mm -hmm. Next day, sick. You put a hundred birds on a truck, and next thing you know, you got I ninety five shut down for three hours. Yeah, stop with the birds. Homing pigeons are, are 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 like the pigeons that they used to use to send messages to each other. Hold on, the only other time I've ever heard homing in a sentence, it was it was followed by another word. Honing, what was it? Device. That's it. A honing device. That's weird that there would be a pigeon called that. Not honing. They're literally telling you in the name. Homing. Yeah, homing. They, yeah, they changed the one letter. Really good job. Of, good <laughs> deceit job there, Merlin the Magnificent. That's see, fantastic. See, back back before we ruined pigeons and started feeding them and made them fat in all the parks around uh, you know around our society. They actually had a useful purpose, which was, you know, they sent tweets back and forth. Like Twitter tweets? Yeah. Yeah, you'd send little messages. You'd you'd write your message on there, you'd tie it to the bird's leg, and then the homing pigeon would go out to its destination. That's how you traded long-distance communications way, way back in the day. But since then, they have lost their ability to do that. Now they, yeah, now they, because you know, <laughs> they got killed by the government. Yeah, Is that what you're saying? Because uh, the government took, uh, replaced them with drones. Hashtag birds aren't real. <laughs> Except that bird that messed me yesterday, which was a hundred percent real. It was. It was very real. It was not good. And either. Jeremy's was very, and, and guess very what? scared. And guess what? I felt terrible since. Mm-hmm. Weird. I have one interaction with one stupid little bluebird, and all of a sudden, I feel awful. <laughs> we got one familiar name coming back into our uh, into our sphere here in college basketball. 
There's, there's there's one very familiar name that has now been picked up for a job in college basketball. We'll tell you who that is coming up next. But first, it's time for something to chew on with Caleb Peak, and he's talking about the goat. Nope, not that goat. It's the other one. Here is Simone Miles. She's great at everything, but this is her least favorite event. It is her least favorite, and that is exactly what she has told us. But let's just be honest. Even it being her least favorite possibly her least best she is still one of the best in the world on this event right here this is tricky has caused her some problems but just like always when it matters it's nothing but money from simone it's a handful of gymnasts capable of doing this dismount double back with two twists <laughs> hello not bad for your worst event right exactly <laughs> This is Chew on That, brought to you by Ingalls Markets. Low prices, love the savings. I'm Kayla Peek, and let's go ahead and get this out of the way up front. Actually, two things. Number one, I'm not going to pretend that I pay close attention to the world of professional gymnastics during any year that U.S. gymnastics isn't fielding an Olympic team, because I don't. Which is a failure on my part. And frankly, I need to do better. Because, number two, Simone Biles is something else. The attention that I have paid to gymnastics over the past eight-plus years invariably features some kind of incredible, never-before-seen, unprecedented feat from Biles. It's gotten to the point where even television commentators have resigned to the fact that, yep, there she goes again, another first-ever-whatever by Simone Biles. It's almost expected of her to just keep finding barriers to break, because clearly, that's what she does best. And that's why... For the first time since 2004, and more broadly since 1992, Team USA basketball will not be the overall pride of this year's Summer Olympics. Sure, you could say Michael Phelps' reign of dominance may have slightly overshadowed basketball gold in Olympics past, but hear me out. First things first, U.S. basketball is still fine for now. The American men, going off of DraftKings' line, are under 360 to claim gold for the fourth straight Summer Olympics and, get this, their 16th gold medal overall. Basketball is an American brainchild, after all. But this year's Olympic team just feels different, and not in a way that exudes national pride. While Team USA is indisputably stacked, there's a glaring lack of American star power on the roster. In the absence of LeBron James, Steph Curry, Anthony Davis, and a litany of other huge names, Kevin Durant will find himself in the patriarchal type of role for the first time in what's become a lengthy career for him. That's concerning enough for its own reasons. But let's look at some of his supporting cast. Damian Lillard, who's currently embroiled in his own exit strategy in Portland. Kevin Love, who's been accused of being a token addition to this year's team and hasn't exactly put up Olympic-sized numbers in quite some time. Jason Tatum, who may be the closest player to Curry that Team USA could land. The talent is there, especially when Team Spain is the projected silver medalist and expected to field the Gasol brothers and Ricky Rubio as their big three. But the glaring problem is that Team USA is only a hollow shell of not only what we could be, but what we should be. A problem that the women's national team does not have. You've also got to note the development, and not surprisingly, the rise of international basketball. Team Serbia will not have the services of reigning NBA League MVP Nikola Jokic, yet the Serbian national team is projected to take home the bronze medal anyway. No Giannis and no Thanasis Antetokounmpo for Rick Pitino and Team Greece, which is phenomenal news for anyone not on Team Greece. 
if Luka Doncic is able to help his native Slovenian team win a five-team Olympic qualifying tournament that begins today, he'll replace Goran Dragic as the new face of that nation. The international pool of talent is coming up, and coming up quickly. None of these squads may be as quote-unquote talented as the American team, but all trends are pointing upward, while the graph for Team USA is showing nothing but trouble ahead. Don't pop the champagne yet. Team USA could be in for a rude awakening, eerily similar to 2004, which was much more star-studded than this current squad. Now let's get back to the floor, Matt. While the U.S. basketball team has struggled to find commitments from players, U.S. gymnastics is as high level as it's ever been. No surprise there, especially when you consider 33 million people tuned into NBC's coverage of Simone Biles' all-around gold medal winning performance in the last Olympics. Word is getting out that the Stars and Stripes is fielding not only one of the greatest young stars to ever powder up, but one that drips with confidence on the biggest stages. She's telling people that she attempts these ridiculously difficult stunts and maneuvers because she can. She's wearing a custom leotard with a sequined goat on it, and now she's got the footwear to match. Oh, you want her to take it off? You think she's cocky? Beat her then. Yeah, that's what I thought. And then there's her supporting cast. Jordan Childs, Sunisa Lee, Grace McCallum, Jade Carey, and Michaela Skinner. You can do your own research on this, but there's a ton of experience among this crew, and not a single one is older than 24. In fact, Sunisa Lee, at 18 years old, is the other American woman expected to claim a gold medal because her best event, the uneven bars, just happens to be Simone Biles' worst. The talent is there, it's homegrown, and it's spread across the entire sport. Pride comes with success, and while the U.S. is still expected to clean up this Olympics and the overall medal count, things just aren't what they used to be. But just watch. Once the powder settles and the judges issue their scores, Simone Biles and friends will be able to show the world, oh say, can you see? U.S. gymnastics just kicked your ass again. I'm Caleb Peak. That's something to chew on. That is ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, and 1400. Of course, the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green, heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. And a familiar face is back in college basketball. Anthony Hardaway has decided he's not going to take the job for the Orlando Magic. He says he would love to be at some point the head coach of the Magic, but now is not that time. Kind of kind of sounded like the words that Jeremy Green was saying earlier this week were coming out of Anthony Hardaway's mouth of now's not the time. This is not, <laughs> this is not the time to be making the jump from a very safe job in college basketball to taking a risky position with a very young team that is going to have to take some time to develop into a team that can even contend for a playoff spot in the Eastern Conference. But on top of the decision of him not taking the Orlando Magic job and ensuring the Memphis faithful that, yes, he is going to be in town for a while, he also decided to add to his coaching staff, something that he has apparently wanted to do since day one of taking the job, and that's adding Larry Brown to the coaching staff. I mean, I guess that's something that you sh- you can consider when you're at a school that's already had issues with the NCAA. And, oh, by the way, all those things that we got in trouble for, the NCAA is now just looking the other way. So it's a perfect time for Larry Brown to get back in college basketball. This could be the golden age of Larry Brown. Uh, now that players can be paid, I, I-, I think this is... <laughs> Probably his home run swing time. Right. Now he may get in, he, he, he will still run afoul of the NCAA where it comes to, you know, uh, people taking 
tests for the players, which is actually one of the things that Memphis got in trouble for with the Derrick Rose situation. I've never understood how that happened. How somebody else took Derrick Rose's SAT for him and mm-hmm. nobody found out until they were, you know, after they had blown it in the national championship? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> nobody will ever appropriately explain to me how somebody else, you're one of the number one recruits in the country, and somebody else could just pretend to be you and nobody noticed. Right. That tells me that somebody probably did notice and went, hmm, that's weird. Well, what's they the just use? went on about their day. <laughs> right. <laughs> What's the use in this? But that's what Larry Brown got in trouble for at SMU, right? It was people taking classes, taking tests for the players. Larry Larry Brown got in trouble for a lot of things. Uh-huh. Uh, and it all started with Emmanuel Moutier. And it all came tumbling after after that. But now Larry Brown becomes, no doubt, the greatest assistant coach in all of college basketball history. I don't think you can argue with that. There has never been a more successful, uh, greater resume for an assistant head or for an assistant coaching job in college basketball than Larry Brown's. I mean, I, I understand why you would do it. He is a very good basketball coach, mm-hmm. a historically great coach. Mm-hmm. And for me, I, I read everything that Penny Hardaway said of "I would love to be a coach in the NBA one day." Yep. You know what that screamed to me? What? Not verbatim what I said the other day, but he looked at that roster and went, why would I do this? Mm-hmm. Why would I do this right now? This team has no star, no path to acquiring a star, and it's just it's just not. A, this is a job I get fired from. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, this is a job that three years from now I'm looking for another job. Mm-hmm. And he's super safe at Memphis. They're not going to get rid of him. He's actually He's actually in on one of the highest recruits. In college basketball, I can't remember his name. We just read, I just read an article about him today. Well, he he had just jumped up to number one on two. Oh, the twenty four seven the money bites. Yeah, um, it'll come. To Memphis me. is in on him, and the article on ESPN today uh, also said that he that they were in on him on, on money Bates, but he's already committed to Michigan State, right? No, he decommitted. Oh, he did decommit. Yeah, he's going the G League route. Aha! Uh-huh. Okay. I mean, there are still teams. There's still college teams recruiting him. Okay, so apparently Memphis is still recruiting him. Jalen Durden, Duran. It's not. It's not the guy from Fight Club. Jalen Duran. And by the way, we have. Uh, we had breaking news. It's now no longer breaking. It's a little old. I forgot to pay it off yeah, when yeah, we yeah. came back. Uh, this is from Adrian Wojnarowski. There is no structural damage to Giannis Antetokounmpo's left knee after his awkward landing last night in Atlanta. Ligaments are sound, sources tell, uh, at Zach Lowe and me. Timetable to return is unclear. So I, there's nothing structurally wrong with the knee. That's great news. That is great Absolutely news. great news. And it is horrible, horrible news for the Woodbirds. Because I don't see any way they win this series if Giannis is able to come back and play. I'm I, I'm done making uh, drastic sweeping declarations about that series. <laughs> Every time I say something, it just blows up in my face. So right. I'm, so you're done with that. So now that uh, Penny Hardaway is out of the running for the Orlando Magic job, which way do you think they turn? Mm. For, it, their, is for it, the next coach? Right. Is this the job that Becky Hammond might get? I don't know why you would take it. 
And will anybody? If you're her, I don't know why you would take this job. My question is after the after the Portland thing and after everything that happened when they hired Chauncey Billups, I don't know that any other team will even float that they're thinking about Becky Hammond. Because if they don't hire her, you're going to get the backlash. Well, and there were other things that went into that. But mm-hmm. I, I don't know that she would even be interested in this job. I'm not, I don't think she should take the job. I mean, she knows Popovich only has so many years left. It's, mm-hmm. been a, it's been a very poorly kept secret that it would either be her or Bill Self to replace him. If it's me, I'd probably stay where I am. But they could make the call. Mm-hmm. I would say it's more likely that you see somebody. I'm going to say a name, and it's going to come a little bit out of left field. Okay, uh, Darvin Ham. That's that the is. one that that, that that's the one that strikes me as that would be a good fit for that job. That is a little out of left field, but I mean, he's a guy that's been rumored to take an NBA or going to be in line for an NBA job. He's interviewed anyway. for a bunch of them. Eventually, mm-hmm. you're going to take one, right? Also, David Fisdale's got a job. He's back as a uh, assistant coach for the LA Lakers. This will be his springboard to one of the jobs in the in the NBA coming up very very shortly. I'm Tank Spencer. He's Jeremy Green. That'll do it for us this afternoon. We'll be back here tomorrow at 3 on ESPN Asheville.